0: Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today, we have got rock star Brendan Kane. If you don't know Brendan, you've likely been sleeping for a while. He's he's a rock star with social media. He's also a rock star with a lot of rock stars. Uh, Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Yahoo, countless businesses. Just kind of a big deal, buddy. Thanks for being with us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Brad. It's a pleasure to connect with you and everybody that's uh, listening to this
0: yeah well you I was attracted to you uh, you always have a cool resume but what's cool about you is you you you're really into helping others invest in themselves and that to me is that's as awesome as it gets uh, we're always uh, you know one conversation away from changing our lives and I really feel like when people people who get it when they enter the room they're not really about themselves they're they're about investing in others and that's what you do that's your bread and butter how did how did you go about making that your juice when did that become your juice?
1: well I think it first starts with investing in yourself as a person and for me I love constantly learning I, I love experiencing new things challenging myself uh, improving myself and through those experiences I just realized I enjoyed sharing them with others and, and teaching people and and getting the message out to as many people that were willing to listen about what I had learned and how it could potentially help them in their business or even in their personal life. Right. Yeah. So cool. You kind of
0: piggybacking on that. I do think that's one of your strengths, even though you're just kind of going, you're, you're not specifically saying I want to help people's income or help people maximize impact or, maximize uh, growth, but you do do all those things. You, you help people maximize growth, impact, income, all those things. Could you maybe list a few of the things that you feel like are the top routes to take for someone that's looking to do any one of those three? What does someone have to do to get the
1: ball rolling in that? Well, I think the first place you have to start and, and it may seem cliche is, is your mindset because that's the most important thing is if you don't have the mindset for achieving whatever it is you're going out and don't have that fundamental understanding of yourself, uh, the limitations, how to break through those limitations, why you're doing what you're doing. uh, It's going to be a struggle, you know, because being an entrepreneur or building a business or brand, or even just life in general, there's constantly challenges. There's constantly uh, road bumps that you have to go over. And your ability to navigate them determines your ability to be successful. You know, if you hit that first road bump and you give up, or if it's, you think it's too hard, then it makes it incredibly difficult to achieve anything. Uh, the, the second one, and this is really where my success has come from over the past 15 years, uh, and, you know, why I spent the past two years putting this information in my new book, Hook Point. Is how do you really differentiate yourself in the world, based upon the value that you can provide other people? What I always say to, to people I'm mentoring or or just my clients is, go into that perspective conversation or conversations that you're having with just one person or even a million people. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's the same, and really intently listen to understand how does this person or people perceive the world? What is their greatest challenge and obstacle, the one that is really keeping them up at night? And then how can you articulate the solution to that problem through your genius, through your product, through your service, in a unique way that really captures their attention? And if you can do that, you will ultimately find success no matter what industry you're in or what you're trying to achieve. Oh, that is gold, buddy. Man, there's so many good nuggets
0: there. I mean, being a great listener, being abnormally awesome. Is there a, is there a way to to funnel? How do, how do we find what, what is our best self? Like, how, is, there, is there a best route to take in terms of finding our niche? Finding what we have a chance to, like what lane we should be in? Is, is that different? Is that a tough one?
1: No, I, I think that, and, and sometimes it takes time for me. I think it took probably 12 years to really figure out what I was good at, uh, what I was good at, what I wasn't good at, what I enjoyed, what I didn't enjoy. And I, I think that that's the first place to start is where is it that you lose time? What do you love doing? And then also on the flip side of that, what really captures the attention when you're speaking with people or working with people? And it could be different, like it could be, maybe it's your sense of humor, maybe it's you're awesome at math, or maybe you're a great speaker, or you are just an amazing problem solver, problem solver, it, or a videographer, an editor, or whatever that is, And and start there. And then it becomes, okay, how do you contextualize what you do in a unique way that can grab that attention? So when we talk about this concept of hook point. Uh, of a hook point it's really there to design it's really there designed to capture your attention to win the first part of the conversation because the world that we live in today there's over 60 billion messages sent out on digital platforms each day between emails text notifications social media so what that means is you're no longer just fighting against your direct competition you're fighting against every piece of content like it or not you're fighting against Netflix, Kim Kardashian, The Rock, all these juggernauts. Yeah. And you have to figure out how to just get somebody to stop Right. in those first three seconds to pay attention to the next part of the conversation. And that's where most people struggle today. It's not that they don't have value to offer. They don't have a great product or a great service. It's just it's getting ignored because they're they're skipping straight to the sale. They're skipping straight to the story without understanding you've got to first get somebody to stop. So I'll give you an example, is with me and my the first book that I released is, uh, the, my first book is 1 Million Followers, How I Built a Mass Social Audience in 30 Days, is I took some time before I published my first book, because I knew I needed to have a strong hook to grab people's attention. Otherwise, it would fall flat. You know, the average book Self-published book only sells 300 copies. The average published book only sells 3,000 copies. Right. And when I do things, I don't do in it. I don't go into it to just do the average. I like to figure out how to scale, how to dissect how something works, and really bring it to the world. So I, I thought about you know doing something about my experience uh, in social media, digital media, and technology. But if you type like social media into Google, you're going to get a billion results, right? There's, there's tens of millions, possibly hundreds of millions of people around the world that are in social media. So I had to find my unique hook to grab their attention. And that's where I came up with this concept of, of building a million followers in hundred countries in 30 days. And then I called a literary agent and I said, if I'm going to, if I do this, you know, will you, you know, sign me as a client and get me a publishing deal? Hmm. And he said, yes. And then I, I spoke, I spoke to a few people I knew and said, Hey, is this interesting to you? And they said, yes. So I knew I had that hook to start a larger conversation right. about the experiences that I've had and the experiences my partner had to achieve growth using these platforms.
0: Man, buddy, it's so good. I saw. I read. I can't remember where I saw it. You had a quote or a headline that said, "Why successful people know nothing." Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, it goes to the old adage
1: of the more the more that you learn, the more you realize you know nothing, and the more you realize you know nothing, the more eager you are to learn. Yeah. Versus the people that are that have that huge ego that are like. I've, I've known everything, I know everything, I don't need to know anything, I've, I, nobody can teach me anything, you're going to hit your, your ceiling super quick, yeah. and you see the smartest people uh, adopt that mentality, is they're constantly eager to learn from other people, uh, either in person, or books, or keynotes, or things of that nature, yeah. or they're, they're like, I think it's Warren Buffett reads several newspapers every single morning. You're those people that are just a sponge, that just love to constantly learn and challenge themselves. Yeah, I love it. The getting better parts, the
0: fun part. Um, we frequently talk on here about growth per word. I mean, that's really the only stat that you know. My this the best self podcast. So we're talk constantly trying to talk about how to out and prove our previous best self, and we focus on growth per word. But I, I love what you had to say there. So. Everyone's looking to recruit extraordinary people. What would make, what makes an extraordinary brand? Cause you're talking about, you're talking about like people wanting to be abnormal. How do they stand out? What their niche, what their lane is? What makes a brand extraordinary
1: enough to where someone can, is it the brand or is it just straight up the hook? I think it, it depends. You know, I think it's, I think you need a hook in today's world in order to stand out. Uh, obviously, there's certain companies that were created well before digital media and social media and kind of have a foothold in it, but they still are investing heavily in hooks. You look at Netflix, for example, they invest $17 billion a year in original content because they know their original content, each one of those is a hook into their brand, into their subscription. You look at Nike, I think they spend 6 to $7 billion a year in endorsement deals those endorsements are hooks into their brand. But what, what creates a star brand? I, I think it's a combination of really connecting with the consumer and the consumer feeling like you understand them. And then secondarily, going back to what I said earlier, is really understanding what that, that pain point that that person is facing on a daily basis, what is that challenge, what is that obstacle that they're facing and speaking to them in such a way. And in in my hook point book, I interview a friend of mine who sold over a billion dollars with a product through social media alone. And he says, the minute that you can articulate somebody's pain point or problem better than they could articulate it to themselves, Mm -hmm. you win their attention, you win their trust and likely the purchase. And to me, the brands that can do that are the ones that really become the rock stars and that can apply to anything. You just like Nike, they get it. And that's, that's about exercise. It's about health and wellness and things, but they speak to the challenges of being the average athlete. They speak to the challenges of getting into shape. They feature athletes with different backgrounds and different perspectives. I remember there was a guy that was, I think, climbing Everest or a big mountain and he didn't have, I think he didn't have any legs. And just right. showing that mm-hmm. part is, that is speaking to a challenge and that every, everyday life experiences. Uh, so I think any brand can tap into that uh, if, if they really think through it. Right. That is awesome. You were
0: talking about communicating. Uh, you also talked about how com- uh, communication is also math along the lines of, when, when someone doesn't call you back or get back to you, you've sent them a message or something.
1: Uh, can you kind of go a little more into depth on that one? Yeah. So there's, we use a communication framework. that has been around for over 40 years. It's used by likes of NASA, NASA and Pixar and Audi and Bill Clinton to connect at scale. And we use it to train all of our, our clients in, and, what it basically says is there are six different ways that people can perceive the world. Each one of us has access to all six, but typically we use one or two as our base way of perceiving the world. And that dictates how we communicate and how we like to be communicated to. So there's people that perceive the world through thoughts and logic. There's people that perceive the world through feelings and emotions. There's people that perceive the world through values and opinions there's other people that perceive the world through fun and humor there's people that do it through actions and lastly is um reflections they reflect on the world so each one of those dictates again how we communicate and how we want to be communicated too so i perceive through the world through thoughts and logic and that's about 25 percent of the north american population so if i'm just sitting here just speaking from data and facts uh, and logical perspective, I'm alienating 75% of that North American population. Right. So when we talk about communication as math, we want to round it out. We say focus on the big three, fun, fact, and feelings, because that represents about 75% of the North American population. Right. So when we're speaking, whether it's an ad, organic piece of content, uh, just giving a keynote, we really try and just contextualize our message with some facts, some fun and humor, and then some feelings and emotions so that we can reach and connect with the widest audience possible so that they can hear exactly what we're trying to express and convey to them. Right. Feels like you're trying to make people feel you. you know, well, the feelings is the uh is is about thirty percent of the North American population, it's the largest subset. Yeah. But it's not just all feelings. You know, like, again, if all we spoke is feelings, then we're alienating 70%. So we want to round it out with some of those facts for the logical people, some of the fun and the humor uh, for the people that perceive the world that way as well. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, uh, man, so good for the listeners out there. This is, this is fantastic information. Uh, I mean, you're getting like a live master course here through Cain Nation. I was trying to think of some nicknames for you before we hopped on. I only got two, but I thought they are pretty solid. Like, No Cane, No Gain. Uh, pretty solid. Canology.
1: Uh, yeah. I'll let you choose. I'll let you choose. I don't, I don't know that it's right for the individual to create the nickname for themselves. Canerific. I mean, we've
0: got an endless supply over here. You have a better list. I believe you called it a better list. I saw and it had something to do with like, uh, man, I, I can't remember. I didn't write down. Do you recall writing about that a better? It's like a better creating yourself a better checklist. Uh, I was one. Do you have checklists for interviewing checklists for speaking? Do you
1: have, do you have specific checklists for those kind of things? I don't have checklists, but I will say when I'm ever doing interviewing or speaking, I never start with questions. I always start with the hook point. I look at the output, the end output. What is the reaction I want to get? How do I get somebody to share this? How do I get somebody to stop? So we're always looking at, looking at it from that perspective and anything that we do. God, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about hook point. I,
0: I think it is really interesting that uh, someone would write a book and I get it. You write a book Basically revolving around three seconds. Why such a large? I kind. Of, I think we've kind of covered this, but why such a large emphasis not on the meat and potatoes of the conversation, but just the three seconds?
1: Yeah. Well, first off, we do dive into the, the the conversational part, and you know, because there's three core pillars to a hook point. There's, you know, first, how do you get somebody to stop and pay attention? Um, because, and why that's so important is because if you do not get somebody to stop, nobody will pay attention to anything that you say, because you never yeah. get to your story, never get to your genius, your product or service. And especially today, the algorithms will suppress your content and you'll never get reach. Right. But the, sort, the second core pillar is the story you tell to maintain the attention. So that's what you're talking about with the meat and potatoes, because it's not just getting somebody to stop and grabbing their attention. You have to maintain their attention. And that's the biggest difference between what we talk about and clickbait. Clickbait is, hey, you just grab somebody's attention, you mislead them, and then you lose them right away. So that core pillar, second pillar is that story to maintain attention. And the third is do people believe in what you say? Do people trust what you have to say? And all three of these have to play together. Because if you don't grab that attention, you never get to the story. If you grab the attention and your story sucks, you lose that attention. Right. If you grab that attention and your story's good, but people don't believe it, then it falls flat. So those three core pillars fall together. But the reason I I you know dedicated two years to put this information into the book is because this is fundamentally, I think, the, the biggest asset that any brand or business or entrepreneur can have is mastering the art of gaining attention because this problem's not going away. Right it's only going to become more difficult. And, and really everything that I've done and the success that I've had for myself and for my clients is really predicated on this concept of, of developing strong hook points to stand out in crowded markets. And I would say, you know, 99% of brands, uh, and individuals, whether it's a startup or a billion dollar corporation struggle with this, I see it day in and day out. Fantastic. Um, Just have a couple more questions and we're kicking you to the
0: curb, Kane nation. Gone. Uh, So uh, there's people out there that think that they're self-aware and they're not. I mean, I I read a stat once that 80 to 85% of people think that they're self-aware, but they're, they're 80% of those people aren't. What are some questions someone should ask themselves? just maybe one or two questions they should, they should ask them kind of their own checklist on, am I getting it? Does that make sense? Like you're spitting out content. No one's listening. No, you're not getting, you know, whether you're on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or, or whatever, no one's biting at all. Are there some basic questions that we could ask ourselves? I mean, maybe we're just unaware that our hook stinks or our, or, we can't sustain. we got we got a clickbait, as you call it. Are there any questions we should ask ourselves, like one or two that can help us start our own little checklist?
1: Yeah, I think first and foremost is are you having all the success that you want? Is, is your social media working? Are you reaching the level of people that you want? Or are you selling enough deals? Are you generating enough revenue? are, are you getting meetings? Are you getting on a podcast or stages or whatever your goal is? Is it happening to the level that you want? And then if not, start breaking it down. What is the problem? Is the problem that I just can't even get somebody to stop and pay attention to what I have to say? Or is the problem that I get people to stop and pay attention to what I have to say, but they just, they zone out super quick or they don't purchase or take the call to action that I'm looking for So, and like, listen, we're self-aware in the, in the way that, that we started the conversation is we know, we know nothing and we treat every day that way. So even us, we've done this for 15 years. We are constantly testing. We're constantly challenging ourselves and constantly learning. And that's ultimately what makes us the best in the world at what we do is because we do that. We don't, we never get complacent. We're never like, oh, well, we figured out all the answers. We're constantly evolving ourselves yeah. and, and, and learning how to get better at each discipline. Really cool. When you're looking to put someone into your circle,
0: when you're looking to you know, invite someone onto your team or, or just any, anywhere inside the Kane circle, what's the number one thing that you look for? What's the most important thing for you? You're asking internally,
1: what is that? What is that before you invite them in? Well, I think it goes to what we, the, the, the theme of this whole conversation is, are they open-minded enough to constantly be learning? And do they actually practice that in their daily life personally and professionally?
0: Yeah,
1: because yeah. That, that shows the true nature of a good team member or somebody that, that or is a good friend or a good partner, whatever that may right. be. Yeah. Amen. So
0: buddy, you got 30 to 45 seconds to talk to our audience, but how they can out-improve their previous best self. So how can they out-improve
1: their previous best self? Well, to me, it's what is it, what is it that, that excites you? What is interesting to you? Where do you see growth potential for yourself? Like, I, I can just give you the analogy because I just went on a, you know, a, a pretty intense uh, personal development journey a week ago And through that, I just learned for myself, and this is just for me, I'm not saying it's for everybody, but anything that makes me uncomfortable, anything that makes me afraid, I need to go into it. I need to experience it. I need to explore that. So that's a realization that I recently had. And that's my next step of improving who I want to be both personally and professionally is adopting that and practicing that, even though it's extremely hard to do, you know that is what I've you know chosen for my next thing. So hopefully that's an analogy for kind of how I look at look at those things.
0: That is awesome, so good, buddy. Uh, getting comfortable with getting with being uncomfortable, love it. Well, uh, your book is on the market and killing it. How could people best get in touch with you before we jet?
1: Yeah. First, if they want to get the book, I recommend going to book.hookpoint.com because you get a free masterclass along with the book. Uh, if they want to get in touch with me, they can direct message me on Instagram at Brendan Kane, uh, or they can email me at b.kane at brendanjkane.com, or they can learn more about me at my website, brendanjkane.com. Awesome, man.
0: Thank you so much for coming on, buddy. I know you're a busy dude. And uh, I know that, uh, man, the listeners- got a ton out of this. I got a ton out of this. I hope it was uh, gratifying for you as well. And you make it a great day.
1: Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure connecting with you and, and all the people listening and watching this. Awesome. Thanks, Brent. Thank you.